Welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online. I am Matt Earl, here with my good friends Elise Randolph. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Carneros. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. And McLeod. Hello. Right, so today we're going to have a look into LOSEC. Carneros has uh, talked to some friends and we're going to explore what's going on there. So Carneros, why don't you take us for a ride? Yeah, here, let me let me jump in for a little bit. Um, we, we have two very interesting guests. We're going to go through their life journeys a little bit, how they ended up in LOSEC, hear what LOSEC life is like, what, this, what their corporations and alliances do, a little bit about uh, the state of LOSEC today, and we'll go on from there. And of course, at the end of the show, we'll have a little time for news and, and updates and announcements. But let me start by um, introducing um, the FC, uh, an FC from Did He Say Jump? Valasius. Uh, Did He Say Jump? is in the Dock Workers Alliance. Uh, say hello and a little bit about yourself so they can hear your voice. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, most people know me as Val. I started out in Syndicate gate camping where I learned to PvP with a guy named Trace Payne and Nate Hayward, if anybody knows them. Eventually moved into wormhole space and started FCing for pretty much everything. <laughs> and then a couple months ago, I ended up leaving and I uh, joined uh, Did He Say Jump. And then also in there, I was FCing in Brave for a couple years. So I got a lot of NullSec experience too. And you've been on the show once before a couple years ago for the uh, the famous Pospy eviction show. Am I, am I right? Yep, uh, I think it was back in 2017. It's still one of my favorite stories in the game. Even though we lost, it was an experience I would never want to take back, and I loved every second of it. What was that um, wormhole called? You had a name for it. Hydra. Yeah. So t talking in stations, look for an episode called, I think it was the Battle of Hydra. And it's a great episode. It was it was actually kind of run by Keskora, uh, who's with TIS, and it was with a lot of... Uh, the people involved in that fight. And that was a great fight, great story. So check out that episode. Well, thank you and welcome back to the show. Uh, and then let me introduce our second guest here. This is Kith Soban, who usually goes by Kith. He's a corp director in Hoplite Brigade and a council member of Ushra Khan, an esteemed old name. Say hello and introduce yourself. Yeah, how's it going, everybody? Um, yep, so I'm Kith. Uh, I FC for Usha Khan, which is one of the oldest faction warfare alliances around. Uh, so I've been in the faction warfare for the past five years, and uh, I'm an FC and a corp director. So uh, I started playing in 2009, and I've spent most of my time in LOSEC. But I've spent about two years in Null and about two years in Wormhole Space. So I have some I have some diverse uh, background, too. Excellent. So... You can compare LOSEC and NULSEC to some degree, and then Val can compare LOSEC and, and wormholes to some degree. So that's excellent. Great, great chance to, uh, to look at uh, LOSEC with some context. Uh, so tell us about uh, dock workers and tell us about Did He Say Jump? What, what's your gameplay? What do you guys do? Whereabouts do you live? Yeah, we're living in, a, in the Bleak Lands in the system of Cormonan. It's like five jumps from Mar for anyone who doesn't know quite where that is. And we're generally just in the nature of just trying to fight everyone. We're blue to almost no one, which is which is great. It's one of the reasons why I like being here. And we 
do a lot of wormhole content new nowadays. We scan out a region every day, either fighting wormhole groups, trying to reinforce null groups, jump bridges for fights, and then also just trying to find low-to-low -low wormholes so we can try and fight other groups around as well. So it's pretty much just heavily wormhole-focused right now. And we got to fight PL recently too. PL moved to Amamake for the LOSEC event, so we got to have a lot of fights against them, which was a lot of fun. How, how big is your average uh, fleet, and what kind of ships do you guys like to fly? On a good pre-ping, or if we say caps tackled, we'll get about 50 people in fleet. And if it's uh, pre-pinged like days out, we can maybe get up to 80 on a really good time zone day, which is right where I like to be. That's Those are my kind of numbers and, and the, the fights that I enjoy running. And the ships we're using are generally somehow trying to exploit Nirvanas or uh, Armor Slaves, whatever they're called now, <laughs> Amulets. Amulets. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so we try to use doctrines that are highly focused around that. And before the facts change, also running with a fax. So think of things like faction battleships, either like Shield Max or um, Lashax with Balgorns, Vindies, and like tracking XL Dreads. Like, stuff like that was really into what we did. And then recently, we also running, started running Shield Kikis and Wormhole Diving, and we've been having a lot of success with that too. When you say recently, is that related to the surgical strike patch that was 12 days ago as we're recording this episode? Or was it uh, um, just unrelated to that event? It was coincidence. Um, we've been using them probably for about two or three months. Okay. Has the surgical strike uh, patch changed your um, lifestyle at all? The surgical strike, that, was, that included the fax changes, right? Uh, yeah. Then, yeah, it's, yes. it's heavily um, changed us. And I kind of agreed that the facts needed to be nerfed, but the way they did it, I think, was a bit a bit too much because I agreed that the active tank was a bit much. You could have an active tank, the apostle tank, 10 dreads. And like that, that's a bit extreme. But now it's the with, with the cap changes with only one cap booster per fax, that's, it's very difficult to get either a minnow or, a, or an apostle to even function with one Balgorn on grid. So it's, it's highly disrupted our, our play style. I think it's one active module at a time. Does that make a difference? Uh, it's, a, one cap it's a single booster. cap booster, yeah. That's, That's the right. limit. And so the, the way it was implemented definitely um, hurt us quite a bit because we, we heavily used faxes in pretty much all our fights, if, especially if we were outnumbered. So now it's it's, it's been a tricky adjustment for us. Yeah, because you would, you guys would like kind of go with like the bare minimum amount of logistics that you can go, just so you could have like as much DPS as possible. And then as those logies die, right, you would escalate with a uh, with a fax just to like make up the loss that you guys had. So like you would trade and you just be very DPS heavy, right? Yep, DPS and control heavy. Definitely. Yeah. So the, so that's kind of like how how a lot of those groups felt about the. The, the change to the facts, right? Because because now, I mean, you're even riding in fleets that have lots of newts, right? So you've got Leshax and sometimes Balgorns um, for the control, and those guys have a lot of newts too. So you're talking about if a fax jumps in, uh, it goes to no cap so fast against your doctrine, and, and other people fly similar types of ships. Yeah, a, a fax that comes in from Sino, it's going to be dry in under 30 seconds, and it's not getting... It's not going to be able to like boost and rep like the older days on just one booster because eventually you go on reload. Yeah. All right. So um, 
you mentioned the bleak lands as your base. And that, that region came up earlier today, actually. Uh, did I not see some losses on some major losses on Z Killboard today in that area? I know only a little about it. That was super off time zone for, for us as we're US focused. But from what I heard, it was a returning FC to the game who was once very good. So first thing he does when he comes back is loses both his Titans. So it's a little a little unfortunate oh, for dude. him. Yeah, I saw two dead Titans and a dead Fortizar. And I thought, hmm, don't know if it's connected or what's going on. But uh, someone had a bad Sunday. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to come back to the game for the first time in years on a Sunday and then try to move your super caps around. That's just not, yeah, poor, oh, I feel bad now. All right, so um, that is Did He Say Jump and Dock Workers. And you guys have made a big impact. Dock Workers were only founded November 16th of 2019. So six months ago. And uh, you've made already a big impact in. Uh, Losec and in New Eden. Yeah, and a lot of that came from uh, when Snuffed originally disbanded. Uh, we took in two other USTZ more focused groups in Sanctuary Shadows, also known as Sash and Adversity. And they bring a lot of knowledge and a lot of expertise with them. And even once Snuffed um, reformed, they chose to stay with us, which was really cool. So having their expertise Amen. really helped us. I have a lot of personal respect for Adversity in, um, in my Eve University days when I was a CCP employee, I uh, I uh, got invited to a special PVP intensive study weekend at, in LOSEC with Adversity. And we got to go and join Adversity fleets for one weekend and go around with them and shoot things. And it was amazing. It was the first time I'd been in a PVP fleet with a, a more modern tempo than the EUni training fleets had so it was it was faster paced and more expectations of flying your own ship without without being told oh anyways oh it was agony agony at least yeah yeah i was oh, like crap. wait a minute where, where are you thank going you. like cut i still like adversity because their name is like agony unleashed you wait till you're a senior citizen it will be just like this for you i was gonna say not oh, many just... people start the phrase or like have adversity respect. and lots of respect in the same sentence <laughs> it's uh, I will say Sash and Adversity, uh, even if I'm sure they, they bring uh, lots of like good game knowledge. I'm sure they bring lots of posting knowledge as well. Uh, and posting <laughs> is a huge part of EVE Online. I hope both Adversity and Agony find that humorous. Because that would uh, make me smile. Yeah, I'm right, sure they're good. You almost changed my opinion of Adversity, Carneros. Got to say, you're <laughs> convincing. Thank you. Agony Unleashed. F fantastic people. Love yeah. them. Thank you for uh, playing a role in my training. Now that I've wrecked that train, can we look? Can we go over to Ushua Khan for a moment? You guys also founded in November, November twenty fifth of two thousand four. Holy crap, people! Uh, you know, tell us about uh, uh, Hoplite Brigade and Ushua Khan. All right, so uh, Usher Khan and Hoplite Brigade have a very, very long history, which most of which I really haven't been part of. Um, so I joined about a year and a half ago over here into the uh, Minmatar and Mar Faction Warfare side. Previously, I was on the Galente side. And uh, I've been having a blast here. Um, 
the war zone has gotten a lot more active and um i'd say uh as part of yukashan uh we have uh really a, uh two different routes that we go um uh, one is, of course, just battling over citadels uh, with uh, Diddy Say Jump. So Diddy Say Jump or dock workers there. Uh, we had a big fight yesterday, and that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, we brought tornadoes to the fight, and we had a smattering of um, armor battleships undock and have to go after their uh, dread that they had sieging our Fortazar and Camila. So we live right next door to them. So. Uh, lots of content traded back and forth, lots of activity. We see Roman gangs around all the time. So the other half of the coin is um, us against the Amar. So um, us and the Amar are following a RP path that um, is being released through Game News, which is saying, well, there are Amarians on the planet of Flossuswind, and they're trying to uh, enslave the Mimitar people there. So we are fighting tooth and nail with the Amarians over that. And um, at, at sometimes there's uh, 700 kills a day in in the system of Flossuswind. So it has become an extremely active place. So the reason why I'm really in Faction War is because if you live in places like this, you, you just have content coming to you all the time. It's not like Nullsec where you got all these blues around you and you have to go on this big roam. It's not like wormhole space where sometimes wormhole space, it can be pretty active, but other times it can be a few days before you get a kill here. It's, I mean, even as a, even our casual players can just log on and just say, okay, I'm going to get a fight in probably about 30, 30 minutes. So. So one of the neat things, uh, one of the neat things about low sec, right. Is, is exactly what you say. So there are like big organized fights, uh, like when you guys and, and dock workers clash or when, uh, just the Amar role player groups like clash with you guys, or you can just go into do faction warfare in like groups of like one to four people into the places. <laughs> like no matter what your play style, you can find something to do. Um, and I know if you guys uh, are playing Eve Online and you don't really go to low sec that much, when you think about low sec, you probably like are reminded uh, or your brain first goes to areas like Tama, uh, where Snuff live, and you know that area is it's close to Jita. Um, but this place is like the Amar version of Tama, right? It's like there's tons of action all the time. You're talking about Flossus Wind specifically, that system? Uh, just the area that these guys both live in, like uh, Cormona mm -hmm. and, uh, and that whole area in Camilla and Hula, like that little triangle. Uh, yeah. it's, well, it's very action-packed. The reason I bring up Flossus Wind is because we do a daily show and we review what's happened in the last 24 hours and we check out like where the violence is, right? And Flossus Wind kept coming up and we're like, what's going on in Flossus Wind? And we found out it was you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just, I mean, yeah, we, we literally whelp like hundreds of thrashers and hundreds of, and the Amar, hundreds of coercers all day long. And it's just a blast every time. And you go in and you just go in and, and whelp a group of 20 of these against another group of 20 and then you just wash rinse repeat again and sometimes you're using cruisers but you know like i like it because you just have tons of people from a bunch of um bunch of different skill point level and because of the uniqueness of the faction warfare plex which only lets certain sizes of ships in you really has like a whole different meta inside the plex than there is outside the plex so it really adds to the richness of the game and I, that's i really like that portion of it yeah most people don't realize that the um, a lot of the the eve online story 
like there is like a lot of work being done into the to the role play elements of the game, right? Um, it's not just like the Triglavians are invading and then the crazy triangle people are turning off like jump gates and stuff. Um, but a lot of work goes into like the details, right? So you mentioned in Flosswin, all of the action started because of a, a news article, right? Like CCP uh, did like a world news piece and put out like that this was happening and that was the thing that started the, the hostilities. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's always uh, systems that have a history behind them that we go after and say, hey, we want to just go after this system because we want to, you know, there's history and we want to just have ownership of the system. And that really just, uh, that just drives the conflict, the ownership of that system. Um, but what's great about faction war and fighting over the plexus is it really breaks down those macro goals into those little micro goals. The micro goal of we just need to win this plex right now. And what's that going to take? Oh, that's going to take a couple of us on comms in a small gang uh, doing an intense fight. And um, that doesn't take that doesn't take a whole huge amount of logistics. But I mean, on the on the at the scale that we're doing in Flossus Win, we have jump freighters going in and out all the time of just pack full of ships and thrashers and modules and all sorts of stuff. Sometimes that stuff can escalate in a really fun way too. Occasionally, we'll see. I don't want to say it's necessarily from Mimitar, but like a Dread go in to finish off an iHub or something. So occasionally the stuff can escalate into Dread fights, which has happened in Flossowin. Oh, absolutely. Because, oof, yeah, sometimes, uh, I mean, uh, bringing in the Dread to try to knock down the iHub is a huge risk because guys like like dock workers over there will be like, hey, look, the system's vulnerable. Let's go, let's go camp it out and see if they drop dreads on it. We'll counter drop, you know. So it's like, oh, do we want to risk it this time? I don't know. Can we sneak under their noses? So it's, you know, it's it's intense. Sometimes you do sneak it, and sometimes we're like, we just missed them one cycling, and I hope with dreads, <laughs> and we're like, oh crap, <laughs> <laughs> that happened uh, a week or two ago. We missed out. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's tons of other groups in the area that like also, I don't want to say keep you honest, but also provide content, right? Because Val, I'm sure dock workers don't care about uh, the RP storylines of uh, like Amar people taking slaves, right? But you still are involved in the area. Uh, who else is around there that you guys like run into and clash with? Uh, our biggest rival who I think actually recently moved to a, a CT wormhole with a null static was Baltram's group. I think it's like same great taste. They lived in Amamake. We've had dread fights and super tight supers and titan fights with them too, but they recently moved on. And now that PL's left, it's it's looking like we don't have too much of a of a big rival local to us other than Siege Green. But they're kinda Korean time zones, so it's a little a little off right now. Yeah, Baltrum's group has really provided us a lot of great content too. We've had They've had, we, they've, we've had multiple weeks in a row to where they were trying to bash our Fortizar and we were just trying different things and different things and different things to, um, to protect that. And he was too. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of good content. And those guys are some pretty skilled small gang pilots. So um, quite dangerous to take on, especially for some of like our corporate, our alliance, which is really has a lot of new players in it too. So, um, you know, they can be pretty dangerous. So do you, your two groups, how far apart are you guys? Uh, we live one system next to each other, <laughs> which is also a nice, uh, a very nice change from NullSec. I mean, can you imagine a Null if you lived one jump away 
from your enemy. I think one of the best times I had in Brave is when we when we were in I think it was Fade and we lived like five jumps from Horde. And like that that is it just creates a, a chaos that's just really fun. I had I had no idea you two lived one jump apart when I started talking yep. when we started. <laughs> and then our arch nemesis in Siege Green lives, I think, two or three jumps from us. And then Botchum's group is like five jumps from us. Or no, actually like three jumps. So okay. it's it's very <laughs> Everybody's close, which yeah. makes it fun. In Nullsec, it feels like you're close if you're just the next region over. That's so, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, how long have you been living in Nullsec, in low sec, Kith? Uh, like I said, five years on and off. Five years. Um, I'm, in the, I'm in the military, so I take huge breaks at some, sometimes. So, but yeah, uh, about five years now. Okay. And you, what, do you remember what the transition was like for you coming out to LOSEC and, and uh, was it what you expected? Uh, so, I mean, way back when the, the, the meta was whole, it was very, very different. Um, I actually started this game doing uh, can flipping and ninja salvaging. Uh, and then I got recruited <laughs> to go out into LOSEC and be a LOSEC pirate in Galente space. So that was really fun. Uh, super fun time. Uh, and then, uh, so, I mean, I've definitely had a lot of journeys from there, but yeah, uh, it's been a great time. Okay. And you say that the meta was very different when you first came to LOSEC. How was it? What was it then? And what is it now? Okay. So, uh, before all of the T1 cruisers were balanced in that huge, uh, oh, yeah. rise patch, yeah. um, it was really just dominated by just brawling battle cruisers, uh, and kiting cruisers like the, um, like the Vagabond and the Cinnaball. The Vagabond and the Cinnaball were like this super huge meta thing. And then pretty much everybody else just had brawly stuff. Um, and logistics were just almost unheard of in low sec. Uh, nowadays, uh, it is still very much, um, you have the very strong kite meta with things like the rapid light Cerberus and, uh, really blinged out interceptors. Those things are great. Um, uh, and it's really, it's really shifted very far from there, but I think really when the, the diversity of faction warfare took off was when, um, that cruiser balance happened because any small change to the meta has huge impacts to the metas inside of the faction warfare plexes, because there's having that ship restriction balances what is like the most dominant ship there. So any small tweaks to that changes those balances individually. By the way, I think that was CCP Fozzy and Rise together. They did the uh, tier side for the ships early on. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm probably not giving credit where credit is due, but that's, that was the one that kind of like jumped out of me. Mm -hmm. You were right. They both did. And when you, you're talking about uh, faction warfare activity, but you also just have regular PvP combat in low sec that has nothing to do with faction warfare at the same time happening around you. How, yeah, how would you describe the split in your time and your action? Do you get, is it like 50-50 or do you, is it I, more based on one or the other? Oh, I would say 95% um, of my time I'm fighting in the faction war in or around the faction warfare plexes. 
And then maybe 5% of my time is just like doing structure fights. Uh, other like, uh, And then there's always, ro- there's actually a lot more roaming gangs that are coming around, especially in the Flossiswin area and in the Camila Carmonan area. Um, so like, hey, oh, here's a roaming gang coming through. Okay, cool. Let's go, let's go reship and let's go fight them. You know, like that's, yeah, that's kind of the idea. It's not really just like, we're only staying inside the plexus and that's only the goal. You know, it's like, oh, hey, look, car- uh, target opportunity. Let's go fight this guy, right? And with everyone living so close and like packed on top of each other, basically, uh, your reaction time has to be pretty quick, right? Like you can't wait for, uh, you know, let's say your FC wants uh, like eight Lodgy. If you've got five and the targets are there, you got you to gotta get up and go, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's all about um, staging plays a huge impact into like what you can handle. Uh, with the Citadel changes that came out, um, I don't think a lot of people quite grasp like how much of an impact that had to faction warfare, because with faction warfare, if you have, if you don't own a system, you can just drop a Citadel in that system. And then you'd have all your staging right there. If you don't, then you have to take those multiple jumps over and all that time that it takes to reship and to counter what that other guy has. But if they're, if your enemy is staging right on top of you, you can just be like, oh, they're in this comp. I'll just switch into this comp real quick, which is the exact counter to that. Yeah, that's probably a facet of faction warfare that people don't really realize if they haven't done it. Um, so essentially, if uh, you're in the opposing faction and someone takes control of that system, you can't dock there anymore, right? Like you can't dock in the NPC stations, I should say. Um, but the, there's a neat little loophole when citadels came around, and that you could just drop a citadel and just just live there. Yeah, totally defeated so the it, purpose. That kind of like kind of kind of took the motivation out of uh, some people. Um, but I mean, I, I still think the motivation is still there, just to fight of the system, just because I mean it's a cool objective to chase. So um, if they never change citadels, I mean I'm not going to be super mad about it um but if they do i'll be pretty happy to where the system ownership uh changes the uh the ability to dock in a citadel for at least the faction warfare guys a little later in the show i was going to ask you guys each if you had uh, suggestions for ccp on how to improve life in low sec uh so looks like that will be a, a nice topic later uh yeah my bad that's just naturally flowed out of there <laughs> excellent perfect so Val, you you don't have you're not in faction warfare with uh with uh, did he say jump and dock workers right like you don't you don't give a crap which system is owned by who uh so what is your like day-to-day activity kind of like like you don't necessarily flip uh uh the little beacons or anything so what, what do you do uh well we're trying to shoot everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of always just been the goal like if we see people in flexes yeah we'll, we'll 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 punch in and try and and try and take a fight there too but whether it's uh citadel based fights whether it's stuff like uh like dreads hitting an iHub, or um you know if there's, there's roaming fleets that we'll always try and form for so that kind of covers the majority of the low sec fighting that takes place and then we also scan out for wormholes uh like our whole region every day and that always gives us something to do too. So you guys in, in like venal yesterday showing up for like a, a big timer that was happening up there. I was like, how, how do I get there? 
Yeah, there's there's a content citadel up there. <laughs> and I don't know how it's still alive, but uh yeah, we get some people who are living up there doing their own little mini deployment. Very cool. So so wormholes play a, a pretty big role. And so like how do you how do you know when stuff is going down? Like I, I feel like you must have like this spider web network <laughs> where you like you feel oh. a vibration somewhere. It's a oh, disturbance in the force. Oh, we know they have spies on our Discord. It's okay. They know when we're pinging. That reminds me, uh, when when PL was in Amamake, we we knew they had a spy within us too, and every single fleet that we pinged, they they would form something too, and the, and they're in chump range of us. So no matter what we were doing, PL was always there, and it, it led to actually some really great fights and and a lot of good wins for us. But it, it really is jammed tight in low sec. Now, did this- those mean people in PL? always form a hard counter to your fleets or or uh, were they or they weren't doing anything evil like that did the uh, spies well, i i suspected that they they would overform for everything but they actually matched a lot like more times than not there was one timer when they they reinforced something of ours and they put like 50 carriers on something we were like all right we probably can't do that but but uh if we were in Tequan battle cruisers like if we were in harbingers odds are they were in Feroxes, and that, that's that's about as fair as it gets. And and then occasionally we would be in, you know, Harbingers again and they'd do something like Harpies and group with somebody else and try and fight us. So they were they weren't as oppressive as uh their history um might say. I mean low sec cool. is always like really, really hard, right? Because uh PvP and low sec has always been especially on like a big scale, has always been one of those things that I've sucked at um as an FC and just just in general, because there's there's no means to get someone to stay and fight, right? You could just warp off. There's there's no bubbles. There's no there's no nothing like that. Um, there's no mass way to pin people down. Yep. Uh, so if you overtake some, if you like overform, they're just gonna be like, okay, bye, <laughs> like <laughs> see you later, man. I know in my group, if I if we just ping sub caps for for a long period of time and then ping a carrier fleet. Sometimes we'll get four times more than we need or is appropriate just because people are in the mood to fly the big ship suddenly and haven't seen an opportunity in a while. And they think, oh, wait, 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 drop what you're doing, guys. Log them in. And so that will happen. It has nothing to do with what the hostels are in or what the opportunity is. Uh, If the subcap leaps, they'll look to see what the ping says and decide, oh, do they need more people or not? Maybe I'd rather just sit here and refit my dreadnoughts to the new fits that just came out you know they'll they'll be distracted but but a cap ping well, and sometimes they just overperform. it's it's too bad not to take you off course too far carneros but it's too bad that you can't divide up your fleet and say you guys go this way and we'll go that way um but that seems to just always be like a recipe for disaster for a fleet that does those kinds of tactical moves because then you can i don't know Maybe instead of underforming or overforming, you can get a, a size of fleet that's just right and have reinforcements not too far away. Well, it's not like Dungeons and Dragons where you never split up the party. Never. <laughs> but you have to have an FC for each group if you're uh-huh. going to do that. You know, you, you, can't, um, you, you can't put, you know, a random person in and say, okay, <clears throat> you're in a good ship. We're going to put you as the FC. You take your guys there and go that way. They'll just, they'll be pigeons on a skyscraper. Yeah. That's what well, that's, happen. And that's what I thought, uh, you know, the solve mechanics were su- 
we're supposed to provide is an opportunity to split up fleets and to have different things going on at the same time. Anyway. I think that's what they thought too, to be fair. Probably what they were going for didn't happen. Okay, well, the sorry, opportunity presents itself, but like whether you take it or not, yeah, that's a different thing entirely. So Val, how is low sec life different from wormhole life? The the biggest thing is that there's just always kind of hostels just around. Like if I look at local right now in Cormonan, half of them are neutral. <laughs> so it's just there's just kind of always people out and about. And in wormhole space, generally you're the only one living in your wormhole, generally. I mean, yeah, occasionally there may be some cloaky guys sitting around, but it's it's nothing comparatively to to low sick and the fact there's there's just always people out and about in in the area that you live. So that's probably the biggest change. The other thing that was really attractive to me is that it's in jump range of Omar. So let's say I want to fly or like a like a new kind of fleet. I can just JF in range of Amar, get whatever fleet I feel like using for the day, bring it here, list it up, and then just go ping the fleet. I can just do it myself. So it just living in low sec, like as someone who likes to create content, was just a very easy thing for me to be able to do. So I would say that the biggest changes are logistics and that there's always kind of people just out and about to shoot. I, I remember moving at one point from uh, Fountain to Vale of the Silent to a and, uh, gentleman's agreement gave us a move in gift of a free. Um, it was a Galente outpost egg that they dropped uh, to be our new headquarters. And they dropped it in a system that was in jump range from the Jita undock. And I, I remember the shock I felt when I when they told me, oh, by the way, this is in jump range of Jita for your jump freighters. I, I just about fell out of my chair. Uh, explain that gentleman's. real quick. Why is that such a great thing for our players? I may not know. Okay, because uh, for logistics, all we had to do was undock in Vale of the Silent and light a Sino next to our uh, uh, station. We'll call it a station our Galente outpost. <clears throat> and the jump freighter could be full of tons and tons and tons of stuff. He would undock from the Jita undock. He would go nowhere. He would warp nowhere. He would do nothing. He would just jump out. And he couldn't be attacked in that short period of time uh, while he still had his invulnerability. So he would safely jump. And he just had to worry about getting back into Jita later safely. Uh, and that was the only risky part at all of your logistics chain. And you didn't have to then move your Sino or light a different Sino and wait your time out and do another jump. No, you were there. It's great. And, if, you know, if I want to move stuff from Jita to Fountain, where I live today, that's m multiple. I mean, I don't do it myself, but it's multiple jump freighter jumps for someone. <laughs> now I feel lazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot more work. It's so, I, I I get the benefit. It's fantastic. Great feeling. Talk about a talk about a big transition from going from wormhole space where hey, you can't even see anyone that's in local with you if you wanted to. But like if you wanted to stock a doctrine, that has to be a pain in the ass to just like, oh, I'll just push a button on my jump freighter and I'm there. Like that sounds uh sounds like a huge, huge uh pain point lifted. Yeah, it's a it's a big relief, and I can just do it all myself, and I can just do it in under like fifteen minutes. So it's 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 a big change. You can't do like a battleship move because that's just too much M three. But anything battle cruiser down, I can just do on my own in fifteen minutes, which is really nice. 
What was the last experimental doctrine you did that with? Slipners. Uh, what I did is uh, I was in Brave for two years and Epstein there, and then eventually left and skill extracted that tune, sold it all. So now I, I just I use that money to just buy whatever comp I want to fly. And I switched it from Slipners because I already have fun with that. And then I uh, bought Zealots instead, post-patch, because I think Zealots are going to be in a good spot. Slipnears are damn sexy and a lot of training to, to fly. Do you, is the average skill points in your, in your group that high? Well, before I did it, we put out a poll and 60 people said they could do it and only like 10 people said they couldn't. So I was like, we're doing it. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> wow. What about Ushra Khan? If you, if you put a ping out and said, hey, guys, who can fly a Slipnear? Would most of them say yes? Uh, no, we'd probably have like 30%, I'd say. That's, that's a high bar to hit. Zealot's much easier. Yep. Can I have I, not heard anyone else doing Zealots recently. Elise. I, I have a question about Ushra Khan that has very little to do with what you guys do in LOSAC. But I know a lot of roleplay groups would prefer or sometimes insist even on flying like the, the race of ship uh, that they roleplay. Do you guys do that in Shikhan? Do you like always try and fly Minmatar ships or you just take what's best for the situation? Uh, we try to fly Minmatar ships and uh, I'm not like the huge role play guy in the Alliance. Um, so, but that's an interesting restriction for, you know, trying to build a good comp, something that works well in the meta and is just more fun. And you know, we get a lot of guys that are very motivated to fly Mimitar ships because that's, you know, our alliance. And if, if you know, we can get some guys just to be a little bit more motivated to fly something maybe a little bit off meta that's kind of fun, then uh, we enjoy doing that. And do you count a pirate ship that's half Mimitar to be Mimitar adjacent and good enough? So here's here's how people feel. When it's like the Balgorn, people go, ah, that looks like an Amar ship. I don't want to fly that. But when it comes to, you know, like uh, some other ones are better. You know, the Mac is like, okay, yeah, we'll fly Max. Um, uh, the, but the other problem with that is, is, you know, skill point require, you know, skill points for a Mac and how expensive Macs are too, because we got a lot of young, young pilots in here. So uh, we try to try to build fleets that are, uh, can involve everybody. Nice. And we can't really talk about Ushrakan without bringing up Alliance Tournament. Uh, is that, I don't Elise, is that a bad idea at this point? But Ushrakan. Hey, this is going to make me sad. I know. <laughs> Ushrakan is famous. Oh, actually, you know, did he say Jump was in uh, ATs also, if I'm not remembering correctly? I actually have no idea. It was before no, my time, if it have. was. Uh, they couldn't have. Yeah. But uh, yeah, shoot. That's the first time I encountered the name Ushra Khan was Alliance Tournament. And it was probably when Elise was uh, commentating. I do remember that the, they actually had a few like Cinderella runs where you were like, ah, these role players, what are they going to do? Um, and a few matches. So you expected them to all take a Minmatar setup, which is common, like a Minmatar rush. So all like Slepnir's, Hurricanes, uh, Hugan, stuff like that. Um, and in one fight, they had done just that. And then the next one, they took an all Amar doctrine. And the people that they were facing were like, these guys are going to take the same thing. There's only so many like Minmatar ships you can take. So they like loaded a bunch of Minmatar race specific jammers and just got completely run over by like an Amar doctrine or Shakan team. 
uh, it was really, really funny to, to, to see. CVA also did like a, a very similar type of meme too, where you expect them to, to take uh, all of our ships and then they just didn't. Uh, and so people like people got cheesed a little bit because they, they like overthought what was going to happen. Uh, so those stories are always really fun for, uh, for Lions tournament. Let's hope they come back one day. All right. Uh, so why would people want to come and live in Losec? What can you say about that for these guys? What's fun about it? Other than obviously you got strangers in local all the time. So a yeah, couple, I, I, you can go ahead. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's fine. Uh, yeah. I, I think we've already touched on that a lot. Just having the, just having content just come to you all the time. And that is sometimes that can get really, you know, frustrating to be like, Oh man, now I need, I need to go scan down a whole wormhole chain to go find some content, you know, see you in the next hour. Right. Or, uh, cause I've definitely done the, my fair share of that. Uh, and then like, okay, let's go 20 jumps through, uh, this Nullsec region and see if we can't find anybody ratting. Oh wait, they instantly warped their Citadel. Awesome. You know, uh, in Losec, you got guys that are, are willing to come fight you and they're just looking to have some fun. And we get that all the time. And, uh, fortuitously, uh, <laughs> our, uh, our, Amazing McLeod is uh, in Losec right now, and you're looking at a bunch of wrecks because there's a huge fight uh, over not in you guys' neck of the woods. Thankfully, we didn't take you from that, uh, but there was a huge fight over uh, in the Caldari Caldari War Zone area and Caldari Losec uh, over an Astra, I think. Uh, and it looks like yeah. uh, a lot of dead reds. Oof. We got a debris. There's a fair amount of dead reds, yeah. So Losec wow. is uh, is definitely a bump in place, right? It's not just uh, not just some small scale things. In fact, I'd say a lot of the dread fights that have been happening, a lot of the dead dreads and dead caps in general that I've been seeing have been in Losec. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not seeing any salvagers out there. Just saying. <laughs> um, we'll put a plug in for Dunk Dinkle and say how much tech two salvage drones. To, to any of you guys, <laughs> how much of the um, uh, evasive maneuvers, in other words, coming into a situation, being able to get yourself out is, is attractive to, to people who want a PVP. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say that's very critical. Um, because, uh, with this, I mean, just with having a system be small enough to where, um, somebody could jump in and then, you know, suddenly now they have twice as many guys as you, you want to try to like, that's why then the, the kite, meta is very strong right now because you can just say, okay, well, I'm fighting uh, where I think I'm going to be winning. And now, oh, wait, here come, uh, here come 20 guys. Now I need to pull range and uh, try to string them out so that you can uh, engage just pieces of that giant blob. That happened to us recently. Uh, I think it was like last week or something. Amar militia were, should, be, should be in a rather pain. They pissed me off, so we roughed one of their citadels. And then on the final timer, we got it down to about half. And then on, and then we had like a PLNNC immune fleet come in right as we, not right, probably like two minutes after we dropped dreads on it. And that was, that was really tricky. So you're right. <laughs> that fight specifically was really, really funny um, because we were like kind of looking around there like, oh, there's going to be a whole bunch of dreads here. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, and so the fight happened and it looked like nothing was going to happen. Like it looked like you're, you guys were just going to mop up. And then the dread started to come in and we were like, oh, shoot, we can make it because we just started to like turn around. 
so we ran over as fast as we could. We had like a really lucky wormhole that was four jumps from you guys uh, and fought it. And so the Amar, the like Amar uh, roleplay group were like, I don't want to say celebrating because they just gotten plastered and lost their entire fleet. They're like, oh, at least we're getting something in return. But we couldn't kill the dreads fast enough. <laughs> so as we're on the last dread, the, the Citadel was in like 2% structure. And he was just boosting all the way up. It was a phoenix that we saved for last. He was just boosting uh, and killed the Citadel <laughs> as he died. It was the funniest thing. Uh, yep. That was, that was, it was a fun fight for us, too, even though we lost about like 10 dreads. It was, it was one of those things where once we dropped our dreads and just had our Balgrind spread webs on the no-prop Abaddons, like our, our, all the dreads were black fit. There was no haws. So it was, I was just broadcasting Abaddons four at a time. And, and like you would just see them all just get deleted. So that was that part was it was fun. And then looking back on it, I it was 63 mutants that was there and it's not as bad as it sounds. And I didn't know what was jumping into us. So it was kind of just a judgment call plus 100 local it's bail. But looking if I had perfect information, then I, I should have stayed. Yeah, that's one of the things about uh, EVE Online. Like you can't you, you have no idea what's going to happen. Right. So you just have to force someone to, to make a mistake. Or at least that's that's what my goal has always been. And then uh, the, the warping that was there, they would have been like on zero on a bunch of like, I think it was like eight Balgorns, you know, and when you web and newt down a Munin fleet and lock down their anchors, they sure we'd have some attrition, but it was definitely something where we could have stayed if I had known what was coming. So that's a, one of the big, like, I don't want to say negative things about low sec that people talk about, but yeah, one of the negatives that people talk about when they talk about low sec, they're like, oh. Faction Warfare never gets iterated on. It's dead. The whole area has got nothing to do. Uh, it used to be so much better back in the day because there is uh, content generators there in the form of like money moons. Um, Val, you weren't in low sec at the time, but are you guys having a hard time like generating content? Do you think that's like the one thing that's lacking in low sec? Well, it's if you if you want to try and make a fight happen, unless it's a roaming fleet, you pretty much have to reinforce someone's citadel that someone cares enough to defend. And that's pretty much the only kind of content generator that's there, other than a roaming fleet where someone wants to you know mutually PvP them. So it's that, and that's that's why we went for Ushakran's citadel yesterday in in Camilla is that we we were just looking for a fight. So yeah, the moons I'm not too well versed in whether which side should be passive or active, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, we totally knew that it was like, okay, all right, they anchored this Astra on the outside of our Fortazar. They're looking for content for the weekend, you know, like, okay, Roger that, right? But we'll but we'll respond. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think one of the reasons why that I'm uh, in the faction warfare side as opposed to the just the pirate side, me personally, is because faction warfare does provide more content drivers due to the the whole uh, role play aspect, which, like I said, I'm not a very strong role player myself, but there's plenty of guys in my alliance who are and get very motivated by that stuff. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll FC your fleet. That'll be fine. Um, and, uh, and therefore content, right? Uh, as for recently, uh, I think CCP has finally turned the eye towards low sec. And I think we're getting a lot more, uh, attention than we previously were. There were some patches for faction warfare, that were fixing the things they could fix quickly. Uh, and uh, we have a whole Faction Warfare Discord set up to where like us as the people in Faction Warfare are voting on things that we 
want to see change. And we have had CSM members and CCP log on to that Discord and communicate with us with the things that they could have communicated with us about. So um, it's progress. And but you have to realize that you got to have some patience when it comes to that, too. That everything's not going to happen overnight. Eve is a game about patience. Always take the long term view. Absolutely. So yeah. both of you guys had like magic fingers for, for a minute and you could just snap them and change the, the limitations. You could just change anything in EVE Online to, to like make the way you play EVE more fun. Um, what would it be? Like, what's the, the one thing that you would do? You want to go first, Keith? Uh, well, ooh, I knew that question was coming and I knew it was going to be a really hard one because uh, there's not just like one thing. Uh, I think it's like a, it's definitely a process. Uh uh, it's hard because we like like that whole Discord dedicated to talking about changes that we would like. Um, uh, I think the one thing, uh, I think, I think perhaps super capitals and low sec, um, they don't super hugely affect us right now. But I would just hate for us to turn into what goes on in null as far as just like ah well we got a thousand supers what do you have okay you lose. You know, all right. So, so basically, just keeping the scale where it is now, not letting it get too big, uh, but not letting it get too small. I agree. Like I know Val was talking about, like his favorite fleet flights were like fifty on fifty type thing. So, so like just something to preserve that scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like the. I really like the Plexus because it really knocks down the scale of things, um, and it 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 doesn't have the clear indication of you sh- you must be this tall to ride the ride. You know, that I see like, mm-hmm. cause we have a lot of new players, you know, we have a lot of new players in, in the Alliance. It's kind of like, well, I can't fly a slave near right for your suit, for your doctrine, but I can fly this, um, Stabber fleet issue in this medium plex and be quite useful to the entire fleet. Okay. What about Val? I think Izuki said something uh, maybe like a year ago that always resonated with me in that PvP follows in areas where people can make money. And right now, I just don't think there's both a unique and good enough way to make ISK in in LOSEC other than moon mining. And that's just not accessible to the vast majority that live in LOSEC. So I think if you give a unique way, which I don't know how, a unique way for people to make money in LOSEC we would both see more people in low sec and more fleets in low sec, which would be the exciting or, or part to me. Or what about making the mining somehow more accessible to the low sec residents? Is that an option? Um, Mining's well, right inherently... now it's on a, on a corp level or alliance level. So I don't know. I don't know how that could be changed. Okay. Are you talking about moon mining or mining mining? Uh, moon mining is what I meant. Okay. So just real quickly, uh, I don't want to like give away any secrets or anything, but are you guys comfortable telling me how, how your members make ISK? Uh, well, I have a C5, so I actually make my money in a wormhole. But um, a mix of getting loot from fights. Um, some people run DEDs and abandon parts of LOSEC. Um, then there's moon mining here and there. That's kind of the, I would say, the, the biggest parts of it. All right, Keith, what about your, your group? Uh, so the faction warfare LP when we're running the plexes, uh, that does supplement some income, but it's, it's definitely not enough to buy like big blinging doctrines or anything like that. Um, 
the I would say in general, like our our guys really spread out and do their own things. Uh, we have a, a small claim in null right now that some guys go out and you know just do null money making activities. Uh, but other guys again run DED sites uh, and go off and do their own thing. So yeah, it's the money making is really hard in low sec because there's just so much activity and so much fights. And sometimes you're just like, wow, uh, I've been fighting so long. I'm kind of broke. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to flip the, hang on. I'm going to flip the previous question over and ask it backwards. What's one thing you don't want CCP to change so that you can keep, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, low sec great. What's, what's one thing that if you could tell them one thing and say, just don't touch this, what would that be? I'm going to need a minute on that one. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll go. So um, CCP should not change the faction warfare plexes. Uh, they did a really good thing recently. They were thinking about changing the mechanics in the faction warfare plexes, and they went to the faction warfare discord and they said, hey, we can do this thing. Would you like that? And mostly we said no uh, to their ideas. And that was just a great communication that they said, because the faction warfare plexes are like the best part about the faction warfare. Uh, we do, we would like to see faction warfare missions nerfed to the floor. Um, the 30% nerf they recently had was still not enough in our opinions. Um, but uh, yeah, they have, they've had really picked up on the communication and I think it's a, the right thing to do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, um, the, the fact that there can be novice in small sites in, in low sec is something I would never want to see removed. Captain Kov in uh, TeamSpeak chat, I'm sorry, Twitch chat points out, uh, no bubbles in low sec. That's, you know, that's a good point. That's one of the signature, uh, features of low sec for me is that you can't put up a bubble. I guess that's something we shouldn't see them change. Yeah, that's something I should have said because um, our ability to punch up against groups relies on us using nirvanas and amulets. So if we were getting bubbled, we wouldn't be using that. <laughs> I kind of wanted to interject a little bit here, but like uh, there was a change back in 2014 that occurred when uh, essentially doomsdays were allowed back in use into losec like did you guys did you guys feel that sea change quite abruptly or do you feel like if doomsdays were removed from losec that would be a good thing or a bad thing i think it's fine to keep it in um we had a super my only gauge for this is uh, we had a one super fight against baltrum's group the group that was in amamake and at least with our dreads which are so heavily x-type armored tanked with the, with the hardeners that they can, they can tank maybe like four doomsdays. So it's not all that oppressive from, from my perspective. And that also, I think it's a really nice thing for um, jump freighter hunters to be able to try and make plays on people doing jump freighters and try and doomsday them off. I remember there was one video where some guy, like it was like 15 minutes long of just him, just doomsdaying jump freighters. And I think jump freighters do need a level of danger to them. So I, I like that doomsdays are in low, just not the most on. It was probably filmed in VFK and Declan. <laughs> on the beacon. <laughs> I think the reason why we don't have super strong opinions about it is because we're not really under the thumb of giants, giant Titan fleets. Uh, the, 
the last big low sec player that had lots of Titans was Shadow Cartel, uh, and they left about a year ago. So as of right now, it's just it's really just dreads, and then maybe some people have some super carriers and a few Titans standing by, but it's the the the, the fights aren't like hundreds of Titans strong. Okay, cool. I have a very fond memory. Uh, PL used to live in Amamaki Ozara uh, when the game mechanics were completely different, right? You could Sino anywhere you want without fatigue. So we'd just base out of Amamaki because it was kind of in the middle of everything. Um, but I remember uh, back, this is in a way, way back machine. I had a, a Titan that was sensor boosted and tracking linked uh, with my super, uh, both of which were Ewar immune. So no one could actually disrupt that. And I would just sit on the Camella gate <laughs> and just blap everything that came through. Oh boy. And people got super mad, obviously, because it, it, it had no counter. It was the dumbest thing. It shouldn't have existed. The only reason I did it is because it was broken and, uh, and I had a good time doing it. Uh, I was on the CSM at the time and I was like, hey, here's what shouldn't happen. Uh, and so they like, nerfed a lot of it. But uh, someone from the militias tried to kill me. But by then, I had given up doing that because I was like, I'm going to die doing this. I'm too bad. I'm, I'm going to fat finger something, and I'll just screw it up. But someone else saw me doing it in PL and did the same thing, and he lost his Titan <laughs> to a Dread Ball. It was, it was super fantastic. <laughs> nice. So I do like that Losec doesn't have like an overabundance of, of supers. I like that Capitals and, and Dreads and Factors play like a pretty big role. What would you guys say was the heyday of Losec? The the best, the glory days of Losec when the game was as was the best it could be at that time for that region. Now, some of you obviously weren't in Losec at the time, but maybe you've heard stories. And it sounds like it from the stories. I'll let them I'll let them abide some time and I'll go first because I used to live in Losec. <laughs> uh, when I got kicked out of PL, I joined a group called Cry Havoc. Uh, which was low-sec focused. And um, I lived in low-sec for an entire summer and just did everything low-sec. And this was when the meta as, um, I don't know which one I guess was saying it. I think Kith was saying it, when the meta was all battle cruisers. So I'd fly around in a, in a ham drake with a basilisk behind me as my alt, um, and I'd just fly into battle cruisers every day and just have a battle cruiser slugfest. I would die a lot, obviously, because I was just a drake. Um, but I'd be able to get a lot of kills because another thing that he mentioned, the meta, like nobody really cared about logistics all that much in low sec. So it was like, there are six hurricanes chilling. So you could like zerg your Drake into it, kill two guys, die. And then you're like, Oh, that felt great. So for me, that was kind of like the, the heyday. Uh, obviously the rest of low sec sucked compared to like relative to that. So I, I don't want all of that back, but if I could bring that one piece back and throw it in, that would be great. And there are comments in uh, in Twitch chat again saying uh, Losec was best before capital ships started. This guy goes back a long time, though. Oh, I think wow. capital ships have been in the game since 2005 or six. Yeah, five or six is my guess. Yeah, I like I, I like where Losec is now. It's definitely on the upwards trend, I would say. Um uh, I think I'll just stick with my guns and say that that really that post uh, Fozzy Rise ner- uh, uh, buff to the T1 cruisers that was just really Tear fun side. because uh, 
you know, you had a huge shakeup in the meta. People just had no clue that they were like, okay, here comes two battle cruisers and two augers. I can take that on with my fleet of five that are just brawling ships. No problem, right? Actually, uh, you know, dual augers are pretty nice. So uh, people, it took took a while for people to learn that. It took a while to um, to develop into the meta it is today. And I mean, I just like the diversity of that. Yeah, what would you say to, uh, I'm throwing this one in there, Carneros, if people came for Blackout because they were excited about roving wolf packs, what would you say to those guys that took off after Blackout was uh, turned off, basically? Well, I'd say, uh, I'd, I'd <laughs> stay gone is what you would say, right? No, 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 no. I'd say one thing I'd say is get a little gang together and try one of those yeet filaments. You need to try them once in life. They will bounce you somewhere. There doesn't, it won't take you to somewhere like low sec where these guys are there. It's hired wired in that it will take you to null sec. If I understand correctly, that's all I've ever seen. Yeah. I've been running those, uh, in like the late, late us time zone, um, when nothing else is going on. Uh, me and like a few friends, we, we're just like oh. yeet ourselves around. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it takes us to active systems, uh, and PL is uh, blue to a lot of those active systems. So sometimes we like go three jumps away, right? <laughs> or sometimes we stay in the same region. Um, but we invariably always get uh, like thrown around to to somewhere that's good, uh, and you cannot believe the amount of crazy fights that that we've been able to get. It makes no sense. Um, like one of our dudes was flying around at a Megathron. And he took a Megathron for some, some reason. We were like, hey, let's take nanoships. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm in my nanoship. And as we yeet, I notice he's in a Megathron. We find like battleship fights on gates in Nullsec. Uh, we like ran into a single Slepnir that just boosted or like repped our entire fleet. It was absolutely wild. It's like a bizarro Eve online. I think Bjornby says it best when he says it's uh, matchmaking, but for Eve. You can do it as one person. You could do it as a, like a small group. Uh, it is tons of fun. And, and, you know, you could solve some of that by not having so many blues, at least. Yeah, I'll work on that. Well, that's the best part <laughs> about Losek. We don't have any of those. There you go. That's the first thing that comes to mind. The other thing I would say for them to try is try frigate little wormholes and, um, and, and frigate ships. You know, try, try Kikimoras. Uh, you know, try uh, uh, mostly Kikimoras, but throw in a couple of those... Uh, uh, jumpy destroyers. What are they called? That way, you call them boosh frigate or boosh uh, commands. Command yeah, destroyers. Yeah, you can boosh your kikis around. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Pretend like you're initiative. It's fun, All right. guys. I'll show you. All Imagine right, Carneros. Being good. Uh, are you? Uh, are we all done with this segment? Yeah, I think let's let's talk about the news, sir. Go for it, Madrol. Cool. Actually, I'm gonna hand it to Elise. Elise. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Surgical Strike, uh, which was a big patch that happened, uh, I think, 12 days ago now, um, it's the patch that reduced the amount of uh, resist modules, um, the resist from modules. So everyone's like EHP dropped a little bit uh, and boosted close range ammo. Uh, very topsy-turvy. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of a meta develop, as Carneros pointed out earlier in the show. What if you Titans have died as a result of this? It's a small sample size, right? But... Uh, six times six times more Titans have died uh, than in the previous 12 days. 
probably random, right? Like you can't count on someone jumping in with half his guns offline or a guy moving and getting caught. You can't attribute that to a surgical strike. But stuff is dying. Um, if you've PvP'd at all in Nullsec, you've noticed by no doubt that there's been a lot of new meta, uh, new like ship doctrines that are being flown around. Gila's, Gila's, whatever you want to call them, they're very, very popular now. Uh, I know Lord Servants Group is flying them. A lot of Russians are flying them as well in the north. Um, and a lot of like fraternity and their groups, they, they love Gila's. Uh, I had a fight with a Demos fleet last night, which was just completely mind-boggling. Uh, I think nightmares are kind of showing up. I saw some initiative maulers coming in through with just like dumb stuff. Uh, typhoons are back. It seems like everyone's trying something wild. So uh, we're still very much in the experimental stage of that. Uh, the market just seems to be stabilizing now with the price of modules and stuff. Uh, and then if that wasn't enough of a shakeup, it seems to be announced that uh, in a month, there's a new patch called Forsaken Fortress, which sounds like an event, but it's not, it's not an event. It's an actual patch, right? Um, and this is what a lot of people have been asking for. Uh, basically, you should read the patch because it's, it's hugely uh, changes a lot of things about the game. But if I were to just TLDR it for you, uh, if you haven't fueled the structure uh, in a week, uh, it go, transitions from a low power state to an abandoned state. And in that abandoned state, there are no timers. You can just shoot all the way through uh, shield Hull, or shield armor and hull and blow it up in one sitting. Uh, there is still a damage cap, so it might take you a while. And then there's also no asset safety. So when that thing dies, it's dead and all the loot is there uh, for you to pick up. So and that no tethering. is tethering. And there's no tethering to it. Um, so expect a lot of abandoned citadels to be either taken down in the next month or shot up. I know um, a few of my friends have been uh, just going crazy around high sec, looking for structures that have been offline for a while and making note of the corp so that when the patch is coming, they can more deck the corp the night before patch goes live, they're at war and they can just kill these structures and hope that there's like loot pinatas inside. And the nice. date on that, just to be clear is uh, that actually hits in about a month on May 26th, 26th. Yeah. May yeah. 26th, which means the first opportunity to blow up some of these abandoned structures will be June 2nd. If I could add in on, on, I think that that change is going to be incredibly exciting for like the first month because the, in, in wormhole space, I'm used to fights happening when all these, you know, cargo cans get ejected with all these people's loot and it's all over the grid. I've been in a couple of those fights and the fight just never stops because after you lose your ship, you just go to a new can and pick up a ship and just continue fighting. So I think in, in K space, like there's going to be some really cool fights that, that come out of this. So like, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to give people to have a strong reason to want to stay on grid. So I think it's, this is going to be a really fun change. At least one other thing that we're, uh, we have to see what happens is how the, the local authorities react to people picking up the cans from these exploded uh, structures. Like who, who has permission to pick <laughs> them up and uh, what do the police do? Yeah. yeah, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Right. And uh, as well as saying, like, wormholers are like, whatever, we do this all the time. But you guys represent such a small like I, I if in a, in a group of like 100 people in Nullsec, I'd say probably 95 of them have never experienced the loot pinata of a Citadel dying. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're not going to really know like what to make of it the first time. So it's going to be pretty hugely exciting. 
functions the same when it's just all of one tune's items goes into one can. It's going to be total chaos when when eventually a fight happens over this because I've been in those kind of fights when I get you get into like twelve different ships that aren't even yours and just start fighting people with it <laughs> like it can last for like an hour and it's like rifling through someone else's closet and wearing their clothes and you're like what does this fit why am I in this thing yeah. <laughs> do I really want this on my lost board <laughs> it's like if you've ever seen that uh, was it the the film uh, with uh, Antonio Banderas. Um, Oh, was it the one where he's uh, where he's like uh, on the verge of a nervous breakdown? Okay, no, but like he, he's like grabbing guns with this guy, like who's uh, nearby. Yeah, yeah. Where he's grabbing a gun, like, and they they're all empty. And so you're just like they're kind of grabbing. Yeah, it'd be like that. And then you got to have the elements. If if this is in low sec or null sec, is that you're gonna have to have like I don't know, like the cans are spread out. You can't use freighters because it, it spans like a 300 kilometer grid if it's going to function the same way in wormholes so now people are going to have to like guard their dsts while maybe under fire from like hostile fleets also trying to contest for the loot so i i think it's got a lot of great potential for this just utter chaos <laughs> yeah and that's nice. that's the best part one last thing on this at least we've uh, had a couple of uh, daily show episodes on this. The uh, when it first came out, when it was first announced on, I want to say it was Friday, we talked about it. Uh, initial reactions, we read through it, and then on Saturday, yesterday, we went through it again and talked about maybe some of the downsides, some of the things that that people weren't thinking about because it is uh, it is a request that has been out there for a long time. A lot of people are happy about it, especially people who are interested in um, taking advantage of it. But then we talked about some of the people who are not so happy with the change who might actually uh, suffer from from this more than gain from it. So check out both those episodes on Talking In Station's YouTube channel. Uh, they, are, they are there. Yeah, so that's going to be a pretty exciting thing. CCP like, have been uh, pretty action-packed the last, uh, I guess, this entire year so far. It feels like you just get one huge rocking change after another. Uh, so good. Keep, keep, going, keep up the good work on that one. Uh, speaking of CCP, CCP TV, after this broadcast on their own Twitch channel, um, they've been doing a, uh, a Sunday series where they like watch videos and do stuff uh, to you know, kind of make those stuck in quarantine be a little bit less uh, down. Uh, this week, the uh, CCP TV show is um, showcasing the Eve Symphony. Uh, so that's at 1930 Eve time. So head on over to the About CCP two hours channel. from now if you're watching live. Yeah, it's the seventh anniversary of the event at Eve FanFest in Reykjavik, where they had the, uh, what was it, the Icelandic Symphony set up in the Harpa uh, Center and play all Eve music. It was a really cool night. And I guess they're, they're celebrating that on the show today. There's a CD that was released of that recording uh, of that concert, right? It's, uh, it was part of a something that you could buy but you can find them on ebay so if you if you wanted to hear that orchestration of eve music you could you could probably find that still they also gave out thumb drives and i'm a huge nerd so it's on my desk so if you see me looking frantically for something it's that <laughs> it's um it's like a little rubber talos uh that comes apart and it's a thumb drive and on the thumb drive um is the entire symphony cd so you can listen to it that way uh, i wish i had mine some i'm sure it's as soon as we end the show i'm going to find it but uh, that was a cool little, cool little uh, trinket that they gave us. 
Right. Uh, also, uh, one more thing about that. One of my favorite aspects of you online is the music. Believe it or not, I really like the music. I listen to it. I used to listen to it while I would do my actual work just to zone out and relax. So I've been listening to this music for, what, 10, 12 years. And that was created by CCP Real X, Real-X. And he will also be on that show today. So very rare interview with him. He's only been interviewed once before in uh, behind the scenes at CCP. So this is really the only, the second time you're going to get access to listen to to him and actually ask him questions. I actually, uh, I met him when I was doing stuff for the Alliance tournament and um, he, we were talking about below the asteroids and I was like, have you ever heard the, um, the horn version of below the asteroids? And he was like, what? No. And so we made him listen to it. And he, he I think he <laughs> almost died from laughing. Yeah. Like he had to sit down. He physically had to sit down because he was so entertained. That was the, uh, what's that called? The air horn? Yeah, the air horn, yeah. Yeah, hilarious. Oh, McLeod, go frantically looking for that and, and take us out with that song. That's hilarious. Anyway, is there more news there? There is. Unfortunately, we have some very, very, very sad news. Um, we were informed yesterday from the, the Brave Newbies uh, Twitch, not Twitch, Twitter, um, that their former leader, uh, Lichten Condor, has unfortunately passed away. Um, he is, he, he has left like an incredibly indelible mark on EVE Online, um, that many people probably don't, don't realize, or actually I'm sure they do realize because so many people playing now, um, came into the game, like at least in some way through him. Uh, he is responsible for taking a brave newbies, which had already been existing before. He took them from Barligat and Losek and moved them, uh, with, like a little band of group. Uh, over to Nullsec and just said, you know what, screw, screw how this is supposed to work. We're just moving to zero, to zero, zero and making it our own. Uh, and in like in no small way did he shape what the game looks like today. Right, the idea that a, a new player group, a rookie group, could have a lasting impact exists in full because of uh, what Lichten did with with uh, Brave Newbies. Uh, so it is, is very, very sad. I can say, like, for one thing, I didn't interact with the person very much, but I, I did interact with the character a lot. And it's always weird and uh, uncomfortable when these things happen because I'm like, well, I feel bad talking about, like, the character that this guy played when he's a real person. But that character has, like, influenced how a lot of us play the game and it's how we can remember him uh, and, and celebrate his life. So, uh, you know... RIP to, to Lichten. Uh, I'm going to go. I know uh, Dunk and all the people over at Brave had, had a Sino vigil for him last night. I'm sure there's going to be more. But yeah, he, he absolutely changed the game. I know Karma Fleet wouldn't exist without him. Horde 100% wouldn't exist without, uh, without him. And uh, I will share one funny story. Um, Lichten, uh, he was in his group. Uh, I always tried to, to, I don't want to say trick him. But I always tried to woo them in some way uh, to get them to, to come work with us because I, I could recognize, like, as soon as I ran into Brave Newbies, I recognized that he managed to, like, just capture magic in a bottle. Like, he got lightning, put it in a bottle, and he was able to, to wield that and convince thousands of others to do the same. So I was always trying to trick him uh, in some way to, to work with us. I was like, hey, you should do this uh, campaign with us. We'll give you, like, 500 billion is. He was like, nah. Screw it. Like he did not play by any rules. He did not do diplomacy the same way that everyone else did. Um, he was very much his, uh, a force of nature. So 
Uh, I'm very sad to, to hear that he is gone. Yeah, so we're going to do something special uh, today after this program immediately. Uh, I'm going to go back to an article I wrote called The Brave Story, in which he was one of the central characters. And this explains the coup that happened that uh, deposed him as he was the king in this story. Uh, it's called The Brave Story. And The Brave Story, The King, The Broker, and The One Good Man. So that's something I wrote like literally in uh, what, five years ago, April 22nd, 2015. And then uh, CCP liked that story a lot because it was kind of a dramatic page turner. And it walked through this, uh, some of the best stuff that we like about EVE Online, deception and diplomacy and good, good intentions and bad results and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they invited me to speak at EVE Vegas. So what I'm going to do is present that talk in EVE Vegas called In Search of Illuminati. Uh, and it's, and I'm going to just play it from beginning to end. And then uh, after that, if you guys want to hang out in the public channel there, we can uh, trade some stories. Uh, Lichten is 100%, you know, Braves guy and they're uh, hurting over this. Um, but this is just going to, it's going to give us an opportunity as well to allow you guys to chat about him if you want to, only if you want to. And uh, yeah, so this will give you some background on some of the you know crazy great things that happened in EVE Online and how he was central to that sort of thing. So that, that'll be a special presentation right after this show. Thank you. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank all you right. for joining us. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, Carneros. Uh, Want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, Kith and uh, Velasius, it's good to see you again. Yeah, sorry we ended up on a downer, but the, the whole show... <laughs> Uh, about low second what you guys do there has been like very yeah. very informative and super great it's always nice to see how uh like other groups live and i've been like completely entertained by you guys yeah thanks for the invite uh, i think it was a was a fun episode so thanks for having me yeah thank you very much gentlemen appreciate it you know what we need we need that air horn version of uh, below the asteroids <laughs> to bring us back if you want it if you want it we can do it man we can do, do it. you got it oh man oh, i do hilarious. have it yeah with me the Nick Fuzzy special. Awesome. <laughs> Carneros, thanks very much. Elise, thanks very much. McLeod, thank you very much. Thank you all for coming and watching Talking in Stations. Remember, we have a special presentation right after this show. Stick around. We'll go out, if we can, with Below the Asteroids. And don't forget to watch CCP's presentations later today at 1930. Is that correct? Yep. I believe 1930, yes. Awesome. Thanks, 1930 guys. Eve. That's all for us today. We'll see you next time on Talking in Stations. Mm -hmm.